This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. This is episode number 31 of the UU Perspective podcast, where you hear weekly interviews from Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists that are changing the world. Whether you're already a member or a seeker exploring the faith, there is something here for everyone. So as you sit, walk, jog, or drive, enjoy the conversations you're about to hear. And thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate the time you take out of your day to listen to the episodes. And please uh, take a time to go to the website. And if you have an episode you listen to, go into the comment area and leave us your thoughts. You know, what did you think? What ways has it affected your life? So I'd like to hear your feedback. And if you want to leave it by way of speak pipe, you'll see a little tag, little red tag on the side of the uuperspective.com website where you can just leave a voicemail. You've got 90 seconds, but feel free to do that too. All right, so moving on, my guest today is Gleb Siporsky, and he is a professor at The Ohio State University and a member of the Decision Science Collaborative at the university. And today we're going to be talking about neuroscience and UUism and his involvement as a the co-founder and president of Intentional Insights and the website is intentionalinsights.org and talking about meaning and purpose in life based on science and research and also how to improve that area through thinking, feeling and behavior patterns. He is an active UU, and he's a member of the first UU church in Columbus, and he's participated and led a number of religious education classes and covenant groups. And his nonprofit is collaborating with the UU Faith Development Office and the UU Humanists Association to provide resources for UU youth and young adults and adults. We're going to explore this whole idea of meaning and purpose ways that you can work with that, control it through your thinking, behavior patterns, and what resources he has for you to use in order to improve in those areas. So let's get to it. And here is Gleb. All right. Well, welcome, Gleb. And I appreciate you being here today with all of us. I've already given everyone a introduction will told a little bit about you and right now I'd like you to take a minute and tell a little bit about yourself your involvement inside the UU community sure I'd be happy to Sharon and thank you again for welcoming to me to the program I'm really excited to be here and sharing about myself with everyone else um, yeah so I came to UUism by a somewhat strange journey I uh, used to be, I didn't know about UUism in my youth. I came when I was a kid from the former Soviet Union when I was 10, and I came to New York City, which is a really international, multi-complex of various things together. And so I grew up there you know, throughout my youthhood, and I didn't, wasn't familiar with UUism. It was strange to me. I came from a context that was secular. My background is culturally Jewish, but the Soviet Union was secular, so I came from a secular perspective. And when I came to New York and the United States in general, the the strong presence of religion in the United States was really strange for me, and it was off-putting. So I found a home for myself and my faith system, my beliefs in a sec- in the secular movement. Specifically, I was the president. Um, I was an activist and then a president in a secular student club at New York University as part of the Secular Student Alliance, which is a national organization of secular student clubs uh, around the country. And uh, so that was a spiritual home for me for a while. 
And then after I graduated, I went to Boston, lived there for a couple of years. And then I went to North Carolina. And North Carolina is a really different environment than the more liberal environments of New York and Boston. And it felt very um, distancing for me to be in that environment, North Carolina. And there were really no secular venues of the type I was used to for me to have a spiritual home. And so, yes, they just weren't present as in, in that context at UNC Chapel Hill, where I was getting my degree in history, the history, Soviet history, and specifically the history of science, the intersection of uh, psychology and cognitive neuroscience, which is my area of specialty. And so I was studying there and um, I read some books. Um, one of the books I read was Greg Epstein's What Do Non-Religious People Actually Believe? So basically, Good Without a God is the title, and it was a really good book. It was talking about the benefits of being a humanist as an identity label versus an atheist, because atheism is about not believing in a God, whereas humanism is believing in a love of humanity. And that's something I re really resonate with, a love of humanity. That's my primary faith system. A love of humanity without um, a deity, uh, without any deity, but that's my primary faith system. And so he talked about, uh, Greg Epstein really called for humanism to unite together and gather together in humanist-oriented communities. And he talked about how some humanists attend UU congregations, but he did not advocate that as a path to follow. He said we should gather in humanist communities. But I was really intrigued by the idea of um, UU as a place that could unite people who have both humanist perspectives and perspectives that are humanistically inclined, but religious as well. So a love of humanity and a love for God without, while being very tolerant of others. So that was a really interesting perspective for me, and that's not something I explored previously. So I'm very open, and I was curious, and so I decided to check it out. And my wife and I attended a, you know, we first met with a pastor of the local UU congregation at Chapel Hill, and we talked with her because we were, this was a new context, we weren't sure what to expect, and she was very welcoming. She said many people who don't necessarily have a belief in a deity find a home in UU congregations, including hers and uh, Reverend Myred Brent Johnson, and so I decided to attend. We decided to attend, and we found a very nice and welcoming home and of many different perspectives, and it was really engaging and enriching and enlightening and we started to um, get active in we were both young adults at the time we started getting active in the young adult movement in young adult uh, covenant groups so we were quite active in those and then I finished my degree in history Soviet history, history of uh, psychology cognitive neuroscience and then moved to Columbus, Ohio, where for my job here, which is at Ohio State University, and I'm a professor, tenure track professor here in my area of specialty, and we started to attend the congregation here, the First EU Church of Columbus, uh, where the senior minister until recently was Reverend Mark Bellatini, and we really found a very welcoming home, and you know we were. We were actively engaging in um, covenant group activities, young adults, until we aged out of that, <laughs> and uh, as happens to all young adults. And we participate actively in various church activities. Um, I give regularly give presentations at the church around my topics of specialty, so uh, my topic of specialty regarding the UU congregation is finding meaning and purpose from a science-based uh, perspective, which we can talk about later. But yes, so 
I developed contact. I um, first was engaging in the UU movements here locally in the church, and then I started engaging. That called me to engage more broadly in the UU movement, and I found myself engaging with the UU Humanist Association, uh, whose executive director is Maria Green. And that was really exciting to connect with UU humanists around the country and around the world. There is an active listserv and you know, just exchanging messages. I wrote uh, various blogs for the UU uh, Humanist Association, a blog, and Maria Green endorsed the book that I wrote, Find Your Purpose Using Science. She was excited about it. We're collaborating on various other things. I... Um, did other things. I am a member of the Unitarian Universalism Curriculum and Resource Development uh, Organization, UU Cards, and creating content for them, and also starting to talk with the UUA Faith Development Office about collaborating on content for them. So it's a really exciting time, and I'm really excited to be both involved in the UU movement at the local level, where I am right now, and to be increasingly engaging with the UU movement on a global level. And that's been really exciting for me. And I'm also excited to talk to people on the UU Perspectives podcast. And I really am grateful that you provided resource for folks. So thank you, Sharon. Yes, you're welcome. Wonderful. So you're still in conversation with the UUA then about creating a program with them? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm talking with the UUA uh, Small Ministries Network. And that's uh, Reverend Helen Zuecki, and she is also quite interested in the kind of content that we have because right now they don't um, specifically offer content for humanist-oriented activities, as far as I know, kind of for small ministries, small group ministry, and it would be an enriching addition and science-oriented content. So both humanist-oriented content and as a distinct category, science-oriented content. And that would be a potentially exciting and enriching addition to what they're offering. And I can talk about specifics about the kind of content that I'm developing if you're curious and if you think your listeners would want to know. Oh, yes. And let's talk about what Intentional Insights is and, you know, your book and the whole idea around exploring meaning and purpose. Oh, sure. I'll be happy to talk about that. So um, let me talk about intentional insights more broadly. So, so as I mentioned, um, my area of specialty is in the area of history of science and the psychology and cognitive neuroscience. And my, I specifically decided to study in the history area the big modern alternative to the United States, which was the Soviet Union, kind of completely opposite in many ways from the United States, but the most other alternative modernity to the United States. So just to really get a broad outside perspective. I'm living in the United States, I know what it's like, but I also want to study the Soviet Union to be able to compare and contrast some things. And that really helped me get a broad and multidisciplinary perspective on what our life is like and how other people can lead their lives and find and make decisions and uh, find meaning and purpose. Now, that's and the specific area that I decided to study. So the question of how do we find meaning and purpose in life? What, how do we express and experience our emotions? How do we make decisions? How do we gather together in communities? How do we achieve our goals? And there's been a lot of scientific research in psychology on this topic, on cognitive neuroscience, and medicine, and other fields like this on this topic. And I decided to try to bring these together and popularize them for a broad audience because it hasn't really been done much. There hasn't been much work in particular on meaning and purpose from a science-based perspective and also from a multiple disciplinary perspective, from a humanistic, social science and hard science perspective on how we can combine the science and the everyday experience of how people pursue their spiritual journey. And I know the word spiritual is maybe off-putting to some people in the UU community. And so there may be personal journey is 
I, when I say spiritual, when I say personal, these are similar things. I'm just, I know different people have different preferences for that word. So, and Intentional Insights was specifically the organization I co-founded with my wife, and it has a bunch of volunteers who are also excited about this topic of popularizing science-based ideas of how we can refine and reach our goals for improving our thinking, feeling, and behavior patterns. Because really, the only thing in life that we as individuals can control is our patterns of thought, feelings, and behavior. We can't control anything else. And if we can get more control and more uh, ability to understand ourselves, our minds, and our feelings and our behaviors, and then more ability to influence them, to shape them into being the kind of people that we want to be, we can all be further along on our personal journey, on our spiritual journey to enlightenment, to being the kind of people that we want ourselves to be. And so that, I think, is the most fundamental pursuit of us as human beings and us as members of a community. So that will help us individually, that it will help our communities, uh, including, of course, our UU congregations, and our society on a local, national, and broad level. So that's what Intentional Insights is about, about helping people develop themselves into the kind of people that they can be and that they want themselves to be. And the organization provides various forms of content. And it's an all-volunteer organization, so it's not 501c, nonprofit. It's a civic mission. Our goal is to help people. We provide especially UU-oriented content, UU-friendly content, because you know I am a UU member, my wife is a UU member, and we are all UU activists. And so we have various blogs on topics related to a whole variety of things, which we can get into. We have videos, we have books, we have free online classes and free books as well, as well as paid books. And we have apps, we have an app, um, we're planning to have more apps, and plenty of other content devoted to this topic. And the website is www.intentionalinsights.org, and that has all of the information to check it out. So I'm going to stop here and let you ask questions before diving into my book because these are somewhat distinct topics. <laughs> okay. Because I'm wondering too, what motivated you to do this? Was some of it a, a personal life experience that you've had? Yeah, thank you for asking that. It was a personal life experience and it was a combination of two personal life experiences in particular. So one was uh, my teaching. So once I got my teaching job here at Ohio State University, I began to bring concepts around finding meaning and purpose to my students and around figuring out goals and how to best, most effectively achieve goals and how to manage our emotions and our thinking to my students. And I found that they were very interested in this topic, honestly, much more interested in the, than the, in the history that I was trying to teach them at the same time. And I found that they really, really benefited from this ability to think about their meaning and purpose and goal achievement and managing emotions and managing their thoughts. And so I started to bring that into my classes more thoroughly as while teaching history and framing the history within these broader topics, such as, you know, how do you find, how do people in historical perspectives find meaning and purpose? And how do you, students, find meaning and purpose? So relating it to their lives. And they got so much benefit out of that that it was just so uh, enjoyable for me and so enriching for me to experience that, that I did not want the sort of enriching experience to be only limited to my students. And so I started to engage from my students, I started to engage with that in broader contexts, and I brought that into my civic activism. And my civic activism at the time and right now is in two aspects. So I'm involved in the Unitarian Universalist Congregation, as I mentioned, and I'm involved in the humanist movement as well at the same time. So there is a rich humanist movement in Columbus, especially the humanist community of Central Ohio. And so I began to do 
presentations on these topics, both at the First EU Church here and at the Humanist Community of Central Ohio. And I also brought that into my Covenant group experience at UU. And I found that it was really meaningful and enriching for both contexts. And people really seemed to gain a great deal of benefit. And that was so um, exciting for me. It was very exciting for me because one of my life purposes so is to help people have a better life and improve themselves, help improve myself and help them improve their selves on their personal journey to being the kind of people they want to be, improving their spiritual um, understanding of themselves, improving their personal growth. So these are so um, enjoyable for me. I'm very passionate about those things. And so just having that experience really pushed me into exploring other areas where I can help people have these experiences. And that's what prompted me to start producing the kind of content, broader content, online that would be available to people throughout the world. And that's why I co-founded Intentional Insights to provide these sorts of ideas to people around the world and be able to bring these topics. And uh, what I found, the reason, one of the big reasons I wanted to create this organization is that I found there were no really good venues for these topics brought to the wider world. There are there are specific communities. So first of all, a lot of these topics are trapped in dry academic articles. So the research on these things is really not some of it is completely inaccessible because it's behind university file. It's behind journal paywalls. So you'd have to pay thirty dollars for a journal journal article if you're not a scholar and I don't think people are going to do that and even if you're even if the journal happens to be free it's a really dry academic article and the vast majority of the population will not read it so just be honest and so that's one problem the other problem is that there are small communities of people who are really passionate about these topics and who discuss these topics and one community is lessonwrong.com which is great. It's kind of community of people who are really oriented toward rationality and thinking about themselves as rationalists and how do we improve our thinking patterns and behavior patterns. And I'm involved in that community, and that's really exciting. But the language there is uh, very complex. They discuss these topics in a very complex way that's hard to engage with for someone who doesn't take a lot of time to get involved in and learn about the jargon. And so what I wanted to create with Intentional Insights is a way for people to engage and easily with these topics where they can just visit a blog and read it in five minutes and really learn something. And also to make it fun. You know, the blogs that we have have fun images, they have stories, they have illustrations, they have questions that people can think about, they have links to research, and everything that one can ask for that can be really easily digestible and easily applicable to people's lives. Same thing with videos, same thing with apps, books, online classes, something that people would find enjoyable and enlightening and enriching to engage with. So these, and as an educator, as a teacher, I can really know well how to bring these topics to a broad audience, and I'm my wife has an MBA in nonprofit management, so she knows how to run nonprofits, which is great. And she also knows marketing and all those stuff, things which I, as an academic, um, don't have much background in. So we really form a great dynamic power couple uh, in being able to bring these topics out. And all the other great volunteers, team members at Intentional Insights, they bring other contributions. So we have a great team of people and other folks. So we have a great team of people who can align together around this. And I'm a really big believer in teamwork and collaboration and uh, getting a lot of people aboard to share these things with the broad world. So they all have their own life experiences that brought them into alignment uh, with intentional insights. But So I wanted to share both about my life experience and how their life experience, their lives 
are also aligned and interests are aligned on these topics as well. You had an experience when you were younger that also influences this, right? Yes. So um, specifically in regard to meaning and purpose, uh, my interest in meaning and purpose did come from um, an experience when I was younger. So I came to the United States, as I mentioned, when I was 10. And then when I was a teenager, I really began to inquire into and think and ponder uh, why I was here. Not in the United States, but on a broader level. Why am I here? What's the point? What's the purpose of my life? What is the meaning of it all? And I couldn't find an answer, and that was really disturbing for me. You know, it's just kind of this feeling of like a, a, a deep pit in the depth of my stomach, uh, a deep kind of, you know, dryness in my throat, just very angsty and very uncomfortable, like I didn't know why and what, and uh, I draw a lot of comfort from understanding things, and um, I just didn't understand, and didn't know, and it was very disturbing. So I tried to figure out why and what, and um, my parents were... You know, they tried to impose their own perspectives on me, but I was always a bit of a rebel. I didn't really, uh, I wasn't comfortable with taking in the perspectives of my parents as my own. So I really wanted to find my own meaning of uh, life, something that was unique to me and something that I can really engage with and say, this is me, this is who I am as a person. And I, so I talked to my friends about it. We had long conversations and uh I read many great books, you know, the great books, um, classics, and so on, and they raised more questions than answers, than gave me answers. So it just, a lot of people had their own thoughts about what should be the meaning and purpose of life, and they had their own answers, but it wasn't my answer. And so I didn't really find a sense of meaning and purpose until I actually became began to learn about the science on meaning and purpose. And that was really fascinating. There has been some really interesting research done in the last decade, especially, on how people experience meaning and purpose and what is the actual science of meaning and purpose. Because we, as you use, know that science is the in many ways the best method of discovering the truth, you know, the fourth principle of reason in very many ways about object-level things, about the truth of reality in the world as it is right now, maybe not about about all questions of our inner experience or our philosophy but or our faith system, but about the truth of the world as it is in how things are created, the empirical truth. Science is the best way of discovering these things. And finding out for myself that there was science about meaning and purpose was so great and that's when I that really shaped my academic path to go into this history um, and figure out the history of science of emotions of decision making of meaning and purpose and that's when I learned specifically about the science and that really helped shape my own understanding of meaning and purpose so the science of meaning and purpose tells us that there are three broad areas for which people find their meaning and purpose. And actually, let me check in with you if you have any questions before I go into these three areas about what I said before. If not, I can go into the three areas. What is that science of it? Can you give a couple points about that? Yeah, I'll be happy to do that. So, yes, perfect. So, the science of meaning and purpose uh, shows us that there are three broad areas for which people discover their meaning and purpose in life. And one of those is... And this is all, by the way, described in detail in my book, Find Your Purpose Using Science. And again, check it out on the website, intentionalinsights.org. But the science itself, basically three broad areas. One is self-reflection. So there's a lot of science showing that self-reflection on meaning and purpose is fundamental to finding that sense of meaning and purpose, the personal sense of meaning and purpose in life. And... um, And it's basically self-reflection on what our lives are about, what our past experiences have been, and what kind of meaning and purpose we can gain from our past experiences. And this goes back to 
uh, Viktor Frankl, who did research on while he was a prisoner in Holocaust concentration camps. Uh, and he saw that people around him, and he was both a prisoner, a researcher, and a practitioner of psychology. And he saw that the people who survived who, and thrived in that Holocaust, horrible, horrible, horrible Holocaust camp experiences were people who had a sense of meaning and purpose in life, who could derive a sense of meaning and purpose out of that experience, out of their experiences. So what he talked about was the sense of a will to meaning, a will to find meaning and purpose in life. And being able to draw on the experience that one has in one's life, whatever the experiences are, whether it's good times or bad times, you know, or horrible times or awesome times, and being able to self-reflect on it and find a meaning and experience out of that personal narrative out of, of our lives. So how do we think about our lives? How do we think about our memories? How do we think about the stories that we tell ourselves about the world? And these, this is what he referred to as that personal narrative. So being able to find meaning and purpose in that sense of a personal narrative. And later research by many other scholars confirmed that this is really crucial. So his research was done in the 1940s and many more recent studies confirmed that self-reflection is vital. Now, newer studies found two other areas, so areas that Frankl didn't touch upon. So, two other areas. One of those areas is community, community bonds and community belonging. And so, community bonds and community belonging are really important for meaning and purpose, and this involves doing things like family. So, uh, not presuming that everyone has families, but family is definitely a source of meaning and purpose for many people of community bonds and therefore meaning and purpose for many people, social bonds, family, friends, and communities. And one of the posts that I wrote for, uh, the blog post that I wrote for the UU Humanist Association was specifically about finding community in UU settings and how we can find a rich sense of meaning and purpose in community in UU settings. So that's what the topic um, of the blog post was about. And if you want to know more about that, you can check out the blog post at the UU Humanist Association website. And so that is really important to find that sense of meaning and purpose through communities. And the third area, another really important area, is serving others. So being externally oriented is strongly correlated with a sense of meaning and purpose in life, according to the research. So thinking about other people, serving others, engaging with others in an um, externally oriented fashion, not a self-oriented fashion, but an externally oriented fashion. So things like civic engagement, things like social justice, things like philanthropy, things like uh, political engagement. These are things that have been, that include external orientation. And these are the kinds of things I'm referring to. So we as UUs, I think, do a really great job um, with that, and I think we can certainly be doing more, but especially on interfaith activities. But this is a really important area to focus on of serving others. So these are the three broad areas. I have a question for you. If a person combines these three, then really they have created meaning and purpose, correct? They have created activities. So these are activities meaning and purpose-making activities. You cultivate your sense of meaning and purpose through them. It's not something that is guaranteed. So, you know, if anyone tells you, the, you can, they can guarantee you a sense of meaning and purpose, run away. No one can guarantee things. But these are the things that are more likely to increase. So the science is never definitive, never certain, and science always updates itself, which is what makes it the best instrument we have. So these are the things that are most likely based on probabilistic estimates of scientific studies to gain you a richer and deeper sense of personal meaning and purpose. So you cannot be doing better than if you are doing these three things. Now, it is the case that you may be doing things not in a way that's well-balanced for your personal needs. 
So let me be clear that everyone has a different need for various combinations of things in the, these three categories, self-reflection, uh, community bonds, and serving others to get their meaning and purpose in life. And so one way to calculate that basically is to figure out what you need as a person, as an individual. And the way to do that is actually surprisingly not too hard. And um, I've made it easier for people through my work for creating a scientific questionnaire, an easy 10-point scientific questionnaire called the Meaning and Purpose Questionnaire, which is described in the book. And uh, there's a free version of the book on the website at intentionalinsights.org. And the free version includes the scientific questionnaire itself. It's a 10-point questionnaire. It has you go through 10 questions that you evaluate your sense of meaning and purpose on. And that helps you determine which areas of those three you need the most work on in order to advance yourself along your spiritual, personal journey to find that sense of meaning and purpose. So that is an easy way for people to customize the science to their own needs and their own personal path to meaning and purpose in life. Is the more balanced you are in those three areas creating a more solid then, you know, meaning and purpose inside of your journey? Uh, it may not necessarily be the case because some, for some people, it depends on one's personality and personal values and preferences. For some people, um, they may need more self-reflection than others. Other people may need more orientation towards social bonds. Other people may need more orientation towards serving others. And it's important to know that these needs are not constant throughout our lives. They change. They change, and it's very important to respect that aspect of our personal journey. And that's why it's very valuable to engage in a regular updating of that questionnaire. So kind of asking oneself at regular intervals, what do I need right now? What is my personal, what are my personal needs right now as they change through life? And it's very important to acknowledge those changes that we as human beings have different needs. For example, someone who, you know, is a young person in her 20s may have different needs than when she is in her 40s and potentially she gets married and has three kids. Those are really, in many ways, different people. And we can't assume that the same thing that applied to the young person in her 20s applied to the young mother of two, well, the older mother of two in her 40s. So um, these are, so I just want to highlight that in individuals change and individuals have different preferences. Now, not all people in their 20s uh, have the same need for balance and they may find different ways to their meaning and purpose. So in the book, uh, Find Your Purpose Using Science on the website that I mentioned, it's, oh, it's also on Amazon.org. That's the full premium version of the book. But you can get check out the free version on the websites, um, intentionalinsights.org. It describes specific strategies for finding meaning and purpose in life. So not only the broad science kind of, you know, I can say self-reflection, that's easy to say, but how do you actually do self-reflection? So um, it talks about strategies such as using journaling, Journaling is an excellent science-based strategy for self-reflection, and the book goes into specific prompts that you can use to prompt yourself to answer specific questions that will help you understand yourself and your personal path to meaning and purpose and enlightenment and whatever you're pursuing to gain and cultivate that sense of meaning and purpose within yourself. And you can see what areas you are strong in and what areas need improvement. Then there's meditation. So meditation is another really great strategy. So meditating on your sense of meaning and purpose, that's another self-reflection area. Then there's self-reflection through community groups, which combines two strategies of community belonging and self-reflection. So um, I've developed particular content for small group ministries, activities that help people reflect on their meaning and purpose in life 
in small group contexts that are particularly focused on what you use can easily do in their congregations and serving others, similar things. So specific tactics and strategies that you can use. So just wanted to clarify that as well. Okay. And so it sounds like inside of that questionnaire, if you take it, you're going to find the area that you might need to focus on. And then you could take it, say, a few years later and find a new area that you might need to focus on. Yeah, sure. I actually would suggest um, that people, as they start the questionnaire, so we uh, have a have an app that is in beta stage, and it allows people to take the questionnaire very easily, automatically, and store their responses. And I would suggest that as people actually start exploring their sense of meaning and purpose, they take it every few days actively. And as they grow more comfortable, they go into taking it weekly. And that way, they can always be have confidence on their sense of meaning and purpose, and they can notice as things shift in their lives and they need to work on different areas. So if you take it weekly and it's just a, a few minutes, then you can always be aware of your sense of meaning and purpose in life. And it's, it's actually a really great complement for going to weekly uh, services at uh, UU congregations or if you happen to not attend a weekly service, uh, that's also a thing you can do to check in on your sense of meaning and purpose in life on Sundays, for example, or whatever days. But basically to be aware of where you are on your personal path at all times, because it's very easy to stagnate and veer off our path and get lost in the trivia of everyday life and not be in touch with what you actually need and what is important for you to progress along your own path of discovery. So I'd suggest that people take it at really at regular systematic intervals and the app makes it easy to do that. Great. Have you done workshops on this at other UU churches, you know, outside of Columbus? I haven't done workshops on other UU churches, but um, like I said, I have prepared materials for other UU congregations uh, to use, and other UU congregations are applying it within their contexts. So they are using it at other settings. So, for example, I was talking to Maria Green, the executive director of the UU Humanist Association, and she was discussing how she wants to run similar workshops to the one I did on finding meaning and purpose in life in her congregation, how other groups have contacted me, how they want to do similar things in their congregations through the curriculum that I've developed for them. So it's really exciting to see these things being applied broadly. So, but are you available though to come to uh, different congregations if they asked you to help lead some workshops? I would theoretically be available if I'm traveling in the area and would, yeah, definitely depend on my travel schedule. I am um, so what I found works well for me when I don't travel is Skype conversations, Skype presentations, and doing Skype presentations. So where I Skype in to a congregation is much easier for them and me, uh, in, and they don't have to pay my travel costs and so on. You know, which is not which, so they don't have to have an added expense basically for me to Skype in and them to do a workshop with my presence and my input. Okay, that sounds great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add as we start to finish up here that you've left out? Let's see. Something else I'd like to add. Oh, yes. So um, one thing about the science of meaning and purpose uh, that many people may not realize is that meaning and purpose is really actually important for our sense of for health. So a lot of research has shown that meaning and purpose is really important for our physical health. So people who have meaning and purpose in life, a stronger, higher sense of meaning and purpose in life, have less strokes, less heart attacks, uh, less Alzheimer's, and less uh, problematic various physical conditions of various sorts, and they generally live longer and healthier lives physically. So it's very important for one's physical health to have a rich sense of purpose and meaning in life. Then mental health, again, very important. Uh, 
the sense of meaning and purpose is protective against various problematic mental health disorders, so things like anxiety, depression, and so on. It is conducive to a sense of well-being and satisfaction on an everyday level, according to scientific studies, and just generally, yeah, a much happier, joyful, more joyful life. And so, yeah, sense of meaning and purpose is really important for those things. And I think that it's very important for people to consider their sense of meaning and purpose and set up systems for themselves to reflect on their sense of meaning and purpose because it's so easy to lose track of it in daily life. You know, I bet there are many listeners to the podcast right now who think about their sense of meaning and purpose and they will say, well, you know, yeah, that's great, but, you know, I have, you know, I need to go take care of my kids or I need to go pay my car mortgage or something, I need to go to work tomorrow, you know, but that's that's the thing, you know, you think about meaning and purpose right now as you're listening to the podcast and you don't think about it tomorrow and you say, well, I'll take care of it, you know, next week and next week there'll always be something next week. So this is very easy to lose track of in the multitude of things that are going on in everyday life. So I urge you all to think about how much better your lives will be, how much better your health will be, your physical health, your mental health, how much better your communities will be, if you, how much better your you your UU engagement will be if you have that sense of meaning and purpose and if you can engage with it in a rich and deep way and also bring it to other members of your community. Like I said, I created easy resources, free resources that you can use for this purpose. Um, and they're available at intentionalinsights.org and in other venues. And uh, it's just easy to start, it's easy to engage with, and it's easy to set up those systems within your lives. You know, a couple of hours a week, it's not a lot, you know. It's kind of involves watching less television, doing a little bit less other activities, and it will gain you so much. It will gain you so much more in your lives. Such a sense of depth and richness and progress on your personal journey, on your spiritual journey. So I urge you to think about the kind of benefits that you can get from it. Health benefits, physical health benefits, mental health benefits that your communities can get from it. If you just take a little bit of time to reflect on it and set up systems, easy systems that you can apply in your everyday life to get that richer sense of meaning and purpose in life. All right. Wonderful. Could you go ahead and give us a quote that inspires you? I think I'm going to go back to what I said about what we can control in our lives. So what really inspires me is the idea that the only things in life we can control, we can have power over, is our own thoughts and feelings and behavior patterns. We can't control anything else. We can't control the actions of other people. We can only shape us, ourselves, inside ourselves. So what inspires me is to know that that is the only power I have and that is the greatest power I have. I can shape myself. I can shape my personal understanding. I can shape my journey by shaping my thoughts, feelings, and behavior patterns. And that is so wonderful to know that that is the area that is my locus of control. So that is what motivates me to do what I do in my life and, and to share these things with others. And that's what really, I think, is the most inspiring thing for me. And the last question I have for you that I ask everyone is, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? Oh, thank you. That, that, that's a great question. I think we as Unitarian Universalists are very dedicated, so again, to our own path and enriching the path of other members of our congregation on their personal path to and to discovery, to self-discovery, on their spiritual path to self-discovery, and, and being the people who we want to be, and also supporting others in our congregations on being the people we want to be. 
And I think something that Unitarian Universalism does well in impacting society is bringing this to society and engaging in interfaith conversations, something that I've engaged in, I'm passionate about interfaith work, and I engage in that quite a bit, in engaging in various interfaith work to bring this to society more broadly, bringing these messages and these ideas of tolerance, mutual support, and reason-oriented pursuit of our path to enlightenment, to enrichment, that personal path, and bringing these messages to society and showing how we live the message we are trying to express, I think, is the most important thing that we are doing, and that's the most important message that we can be bringing to society. And my contribution to it is through specifically bringing science to bear on this question and enriching it through the scientific perspective. And I think there are plenty of other ways um, that other people within the UU denomination, uh, within the UU movement, who don't, who aren't coming from that science-based perspective, are still bringing that same message outward into society. And I applaud and congratulate them for doing so. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Gleb, for being with us and sharing your knowledge and everything about what you're involved in and about intentional insights. And everyone, hopefully you'll go out, check it out, check out the website and the resources, and even take the questionnaire about uh, meaning and purpose and see where, see where you're at and where you can improve in the three areas. So thanks again, Gleb, and good luck to you. Okay. Thank you so much, Sharon. It was a really great conversation. Thanks for listening to the UU Perspective podcast. And you can check us out at the website, uuperspective.com, and find all the show notes and the links that Gleb referred to, especially the intentionalinsights.org. Check that out and do the questionnaire there and see how you come out for meaning and purpose in your life. All right, until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you then. Mm-hmm.